Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. You should have, uh, the sheet of paper is coming to you is uh, lesson two. You'll see that in, in the heading and also uh, on the back side of that is just some general facts about the Gospel of John. We're going to talk about some of those uh, tonight as we begin. Um, I'm just reminded, you know, they, they said nobody does anything by themselves, really. And I'm reminded that um, I, I, I'm presenting the book of John, okay, and some thoughts about that, and but behind the scenes, uh, there's Sharon and Freddie and Kathy and Daryl. And so I, I just want to give a shout out, a thanks to them. Um, number one, their patience with me is. Yeah. The patience with me is enormous, okay? And. Uh, anyway, um, God bless and thank them for that, okay? All right, so uh, we're, we're doing the book of John. We, we, we finished what we call the prologue, okay? I'm not sure what John would have called it, okay? But, but he has like an introduction uh, to the book, and that's the uh, uh, first 18 verses of chapter 1. And then from there, he goes into talking about uh, what happened in Jesus Christ. Actually, we, we, we start with, uh, again, with John the Baptist, but we'll, we'll talk about that as we go. Um, what you have on the, on the back side of that is, uh, number one, on, on the right side of that paper, it uh, talks about the signs. And, and when, you're, when you're dealing with the book of John, the reason the signs are so important, the healings, or so are the miracles are so important, like walking on the water and that kind of thing, is because John uses just a few of them. There's enormous, and we'll uh, I think we'll read the endings here in a minute. Okay, so we'll get that feel again. But but there are just so many, much different than say the book of Mark, where Jesus goes here and he does that. He goes over there and he does that. He goes here and he does that. Uh, John doesn't do a lot of that, okay? Uh, he wants to talk about it in between, and so we'll, we'll, get, we'll get that. Um, but the point is, he just uses a few signs, and I'm, I'm going to count uh, just seven signs. And, and of course, he, he loves numbers and symbols, and uh, John, I'm talking about, he just loves numbers and symbols. And I'm going to say uh, seven, okay? Uh, now, if some... Bible student, yes, wants to get on to me, I will listen. You say, well, there, uh, uh, there, there's really eight. Well, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, because they're, they catch a fish at the end. Yeah, yeah, catch a fish at the end. Uh, I, I'm sorry. 
I've tried to keep safe. Yes, that's what I try to do. Uh, let me uh, turn in my Bible. If you want to, uh, John 20, the last uh, two verses of John 20. Uh, what is that? Uh, 30, 31, verses 30, 31 of chapter 20, which is a very... Now, if you listen to him, what you will hear is the first ending to the book, the first ending to his writings, okay? Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you will have life in his name. Now, you can't read that without wanting to preach on that. What's his aim at writing this book? That you believe, that's good. That's not, the, that's not the end. And that you might have life. This is all about life, okay? Some people want to talk about death a lot, okay? But we want to talk about life and living. Okay, that's the first ending, okay? If you turn in chapter 21, there's another ending. And that's where you have the catch of fish. So what I'm, what I'm saying is uh, that the catch of fish was added on that he, he saw. And by the way, we'll talk this as much as you want when we get there, okay? Uh, and we'll work it over as to why there's a second ending and why John felt a need to have that and all that kind of thing, Okay. All right, we'll do that. But that's, uh, there are seven signs, eight, uh, <laughs> seven signs, maybe eight, uh, in, in, so, so there's there, just a few. Uh, and also, John uses uh, signs that aren't found in the others. The only one found in the other Gospels uh, is the feeding of the 5,000. And uh, many of these are absolutely, completely unique uh, to, to John's writings, okay? And, and so we are, we are amiss if we do not have that, all right? The other thing is the I am sayings. We will not spend a lot of time with that now, but that is also unique to John. Uh, if you're not familiar with that word, Jesus says, I am the bread. I am the door or the gate. And the list goes, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, so when you, when you hear things like that, you, you know, uh, those are, I call them formulas. That's probably not a good way to put that, okay? But this is, it, this is the way that John saw Jesus and heard Jesus uh, and how he, how he talked, okay? Um, you'll, you'll find uh, many people in their common language. Oh, by the way, we're working at cleaning up our language, okay? Me and the pastor share when we first <laughs> committed to Jesus Christ that the, one of the first things we, I, I'm, I'm putting words in my mouth, the first thing, was to work on that language, to get those words, okay? They are so important, okay? And, and so we, so we want to do that. And, and, and want to be careful we don't discount ourselves, you, you want to be careful with your language. And Jesus, just take the lesson of Jesus. What does Jesus do? He affirms himself. I am 
the bread of life. You, you see how he, he's affirming himself? It comes to it. He affirms himself and says, I am uh, the bread of life. Okay, uh, that all being said, let's turn that over, that sheet over. And go to work tonight. And uh, we may do, it, may do this a little more running commentary. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, okay? Uh, I, I guess the reason I'm saying that, I'm so, I'm, I don't want to forget stuff, okay? And uh, some of this is hard to read, okay? Yeah. And, uh, oh, sorry about that, Terrence. Get, get going, okay. We got him. In the introduction, the prologue, Jesus is the mind of God. He is the reason. It's expressed in the idea of logos or logos, however you want to pronounce it, okay. And when it says reason, it doesn't mean the universe was created for him. When he uses the word reason there, it doesn't mean that he is the cause. There is a universe. It doesn't mean that. It means he is the very substance that holds it together and makes sense of it, the universe itself. That may not be a good way. We'll work on that. <laughs> I'll try to work on how to talk to you uh, about that. It's the same thing that Paul talked about in Colossians of what we call, I, I call the Colossian force uh, that makes the whole universe consist. It, it can only gel because of Jesus. He is the glue to the universe to keep it from just spreading off. Okay, so he is the mind of God. He is the reason of God. Three theological word, charged words in this that, that we will not run into a great deal in the rest of the book. Is, of course, we've already mentioned the word logos. That's a, a theological word. And the other one is grace because grace and truth comes by Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. And so grace Again, we will not be reading a lot about grace as we go along. We'll be experiencing much of it, uh, but, it but it's uh, not there. And the other one is uh, uh, the fullness. The fullness is, is not uh, in, in the rest of the chapter. I mean, the rest of the book. Okay, let's go to our uh, start. We don't want to just talk about it. We actually want to read about it, okay? So we, we finished the prologue now. We're going to go into the actions, okay? Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confess freely, I am not the Messiah. Every time you see John the Baptist in the book of John, Every time you hear of him, he is discounting himself. And that's not a good way. I just said don't do that. He, is, he sees himself diminishing while Jesus increases every step of the way. We, we, we 
think we understand some reasons why John is bringing that out about John the Baptist. Okay, but remember, he and he'll, he'll do a little more of this as we read about him here, okay? But John the Baptist is decreasing, and Jesus is increasing. John the Baptist is fading from the stage, and Jesus is coming on, on uh, to the stage. Um, if, if, if you're reading your Bible, do you have Jews, just the word Jews there instead of Jewish leaders in Jerusalem? So, yeah, that's, that's common language, and that's fine. Uh, as long as we don't say, I know, I, I, Phil Bauer, I see you. <laughs> and we got to bring this out. We, do, we really got to bring this out, okay? You're not talking about the Jewish people in general here. Thank you. We're not, we're not talking about Jewish people. We're talking about the leaders in Jerusalem, those persons who are in power. That's, that's what we're talking about. And you'll see it there. You'll, you see it right here, okay? But sometimes we don't parse that out, right? Yeah, but you'll see it right there, okay? Um, but the leaders in Jerusalem has heard about John the Baptist, and they want to know, what is he doing out there? And uh, these are fruit inspectors. They want, they want to in, inspect what you're doing. Yeah. Have you, there's a few things that amaze me, and that is the people have opinions and it's not just about a few things. I mean, it's about everything. They already got an opinion. And anyway, so here they send him out, and they, they already got their opinion, okay? But uh, Okay, they send him out. Okay, let's go to the next slide. They ask him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? And, you know, there was this thought that Elijah would come before, before the Messiah, uh, right, there, right there close, okay, uh, that Elijah would be there. We, we know who Elijah is. If you want to talk about the epitome of being a prophet, to me, Elijah is that person, okay? He holds that office. When Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, who is there? Moses, Elijah. Okay, we got the law and the prophets. And you got them there meeting with Jesus, okay? So uh, they asked him, are you Elijah? He said, what? I am not. All right. Are you the prophet? Because they always thought there would be a prophet coming right before Messiah. Where's, where's the prophet at? The prophet. Where's he, where, where's he at, okay? And... John answered. Do you see how his answers are getting shorter? <laughs> he started getting used to this. You know, nope, no, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Okay, so now he's talked about what he is not. And they want him to talk about what he is. And why do they want to know what he's, who he is? So that they got an answer when they go back. 
Yeah, there's no, like, uh, inquiry here. It's just uh, we, we need an answer. Uh, we, we don't want to go back empty-handed. We'll look bad. Okay. All right, let's go to the next one. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am a voice of one calling out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Now, the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? What a great question. What a great question. Why are you out here baptizing? You know, uh, and, and so we're, go we're going to see. I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. Let's go to the next slide. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. If you, in, in that, you'll see that only a slave was used to untie. Yeah, okay, good. Only a slave was used. I mean, that was just beneath even servants. They, they didn't. You know, it just wasn't uh, what to, they would want to do. Um, so he's saying, you know, I'm, I am not fit to even be a slave of this person uh, that, that is on their way. They're coming forth. He's coming forth, okay? Uh, this all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. Amen. Okay. John's baptizing. Uh, why has he come? He has come to make ready uh, for the Messiah. Okay, okay, so we got, we got that. Uh, the next day, and um, I, I tried to count these next days and how many days we're into the ministry here, but I didn't quite get that, okay? I'm going to work on that uh, sometime. Uh, but uh, the, the next day, there, we'll be reading another one of those the next day uh, tonight, okay? Uh, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And everybody says, amen, amen. Uh, so here, here is the Lamb of God already mentioned. By the way, it, it'll be again in verse 36, we'll We'll come across it again, and then I think that is all uh, that uh, John will, John the Baptist will fade out of the picture. <clears throat> a lamb for a person was the first kind of sacrifice that you will find in the Bible. A lamb for a person. And then... You will see a little later, you'll see a lamb for a family. Like the Passover, the lamb for a family. Then later, you'll see, as they progressed, you'll see a lamb for a nation. But nobody has said this kind of talk before. Now this is a lamb for who? The whole world. And if I was a little better theologically minded and that kind of thing, unconditional 
removal of the sin of the world by the Lamb of God. Do you get that? I'm, you okay with that? Amen. Just, I, this is, almost makes you speechless to, to, to even uh, talk about this. And here's John the Baptist. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Wow, what insight that this man has. Amen. So, uh, yeah, okay, let's go to our next one. Uh, This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Now, that's hearkening back to our prologue in which Jesus is eternally equal with God and in the presence of God. So he does not have a beginning. And I think, it, you know, that's why John doesn't, John, the writer of the gospel, doesn't talk about the uh, birth of Jesus or the uh, infant narratives. He doesn't uh, touch on that at all. He just leaves that completely out because this is the, this is the big dog here that he wants to get a hold of here. And, and that is uh, that uh, Jesus is eternal God with us. Okay. Uh, because was I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. There, he he wants Jesus revealed to Israel as the Messiah. Now they're going to reject him, but that's the aim that uh, they are working on. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Now, that's how he knows that Jesus is the person. Now, they are cousins. You know that, I think. I think cousins, some, they're pretty closely related, okay? So, um, but he didn't really know till what? The Spirit came down. You know, I, I, I just wouldn't... I want to hear from John how he saw the Spirit. <laughs> I mean, the whole idea of the Spirit is, is you can't see it. I want to know. He said it came down like a dove. Of course, in, in, if, if you're reading Luke or something like that, you get this beautiful scene, you know, where the uh, Spirit comes down and rests. Uh, this is my son in who I am well pleased. Uh, I just, I, I love that. You know, it's beautiful. But we don't have that here. Matter of fact, we don't have the baptism here. We got... John talking about when he was baptized, but we don't have the baptism here. That's one of the things John leaves out. He's, he so, leaves so many things out. Okay, let's go to our next one. Uh, let me see. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, one of the writers said when he uh, pointed out uh, that uh, Jesus is the Lamb of God, as we're getting close to the Passover and there may have been a herd of sheep being driven by uh, going up uh, to Jerusalem uh, for, uh, for, the, for the Passover. I thought that was terribly, I thought that was terribly interesting, okay? And I myself did not know him, but the, did, I, did I read that one? Yeah, I think, I, I, did I know him? The man whom you see the, oh, the man whom you see the Spirit come down and remain on is uh, the one 
who will baptize with Holy Spirit. Uh, of course, that contrasts with John baptizes with water. Jesus baptizes with, with Holy Spirit. Okay. I have seen and testified that this is God's chosen one. The next day, uh, there's another one of those next days. So, you know, we got three days going so far. Now, uh, the next day, uh, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. There, and there you, there you have that, that second time in which he announces that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Let's go to the next one. Make, make sure I got. Is this where we switch over? Good. Okay. Now, this is a second. Uh, Jesus and his first disciples here, okay? Um, let's, go to our, let's go to our reading. Get the picture now. John is there with his disciples. Okay? They, he has this group of disciples. And he just points out Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now he points him out, there's the Lamb of God, okay? When he does that, two of his disciples leaving. Yeah, okay? Then two of the disciples heard him say this. They followed Jesus. And uh, there, there you make the, the switch from, by the way, that's supposed to be what we do. If we were followers of John the Baptist, what are we supposed to do? Switch and become followers of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's what we, that's what we should do. Um, and uh, so they, they begin to, to follow Jesus. And this is John himself and Andrew. And if you're not familiar at all with the writers of the Bible, they rarely like to point any fingers to themselves. And it's almost like hush-hush as to who the other disciple is. But it's Andrew and uh, John, the writer of the gospel, were first disciples of John the Baptist. Now they have become followers of Jesus. We'll see how that works out. Uh, but that's, that's what they're doing. So turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And this is such an important question that the first words of Jesus, according to John, is what do you want? Or what is it you're looking for? What are your goals? So, <clears throat> I went to, uh, I think it was Fitness One. They're defunct now. They closed up. Fitness One. I was going to Fitness One. They said, boot camp. Boy, I needed boot camp. <laughs> so 
I signed up for boot camp. And uh, I, sh I showed up uh, for boot camp. I think there was four of us. I had no idea. I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everybody else kind of faded out, you know. And, uh, and two of them, they, they went off and did whatever they were doing, which didn't matter. And, and she asked me, she says, what is it you want to accomplish in this? And well, I had about four things I wanted to accomplish there. I wanted to be able to do a certain amount of push-ups, and I wanted to be able to run a little bit. And, and uh, well, I had all these chin-ups. You know, I had all this worked out. She said, you're the first person that has ever came with already having goals. And, of course, we all have goals. Just some of them we're not articulating or we're not dealing with. Oh, you should do some self-searching, uh, this here, and, and think, what is it I really want? What is it do you want to get out of life? And sometimes you, know, you need to answer, what is it you're looking for at church? You, 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 these are great questions. Uh, Jesus thinks it's so important. John thinks it's so important. Now, Jesus surely said other things first, but this is, this is what John's recording for us to know. And by knowing this, we might have believe in Jesus and that we might have life through his name. Okay? And so it's, that's them. And of course, I, I can just see these, these are young men, you know, they're, they're trying to do the right thing, so they're following John. They said, well, why, why? he's already pointed this guy out. He's, he's, he's higher on the rung than, than John the Baptist is. Well, let's go with him. That's a, that's a smart move. I think it's a great move. And so, uh, so they're making it. And so they're going over there and says, what do you want? What do you, it's, it's, not, it's not like Jesus, oh, yeah, come on, let's go. Come on, we'll, we'll, we'll go. No. What do you want? And, of course, they say, why? Where are you staying? We, we, we want to see where you're staying. That's all right. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it's hilarious. They're tongue-tied. No. They, they, they haven't learned to articulate their hearts yet. The hearts are in the right spot, but they haven't learned. They're not men yet. They're <laughs> oh, don't worry, they'll grow. We'll talk. We'll talk later about that. Don't worry, they'll grow. They'll grow. And he'll tell you later, okay? But I, I, I can just see them being tongue-tied. We, we want to see, what, what are you seeing tonight at? Best Western down there. That's where I stayed last time. <laughs> I often wonder, where do these guys sleep at night? You know, because we don't have that information. I mean, we're supposed to know that, you know, but I, I anyway. So there, now, and you know, when you go to like the book of Mark, you cannot follow Jesus unless you've been invited. We're going to see an invite here. Oh, no, no, you can't, you can't do it. Uh, the madman from Gadarene got in his right mind, was dressed, and was wanting to follow Jesus, and Jesus said, no, no, you can't go. You go back home. You go back home. 
but but not so now. Not, that, that that doesn't carry over here for John. Okay, but I just want to say that other places in the Bible, you you'll see this. You can't follow Jesus unless He invites you, and then you can. All right, all right. <clears throat> Where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. Man, I hope that you let this wonderful saying sink into your heart in your life. I cannot tell you where we're going. Just can't tell you. And if I could, you wouldn't understand it either. How many, if we have any Star Wars fans in here, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm a, I went with my grandson at 2 o'clock in the morning, stood in line <laughs> for one of those films. We want you to be like Luke Skywalker. You've got nothing important to do and on this dead planet. And then all of a sudden, you get a mission. We're not just talking about these guys. This is Andrew and John, the gospel, right? We're not talk just talking about them. We're not talking about Luke Skywalker. We're talking about humans are built to go someplace. You're built for more. And you ought to do more. And, just, and, and there's no way anybody can tell you and besides, it'd be boring if they did try to tell you anyway. Just shut up and let's experience it. Let's get out there and experience. Well, you're going to get hurt. Why, yeah, pain is all part of life. Let's go with it. Oh, yes. I learned that a long time ago. Learned that a long time ago. Pain is a sign of life. Dead people don't hurt. Only those who are alive hurt. Come and see. Oh, I, I hope you, I know you have. <laughs> He's so easy to talk to, you know that? There. To catch the adventure can, it's only valuable as you experience it. And yeah, there'll be some down times and you need them because you need to grow and you need to toughen up and you need to be somebody. And we'll come, we'll come back to this idea a little later, okay? But get that, he's calling you to adventure. Can you imagine these guys, where they'd have been if they didn't go with Jesus? Well, they'd been down there working with their daddy on, on the boat down there and catching stinky fish all the time. Boy, isn't that a joy. Boy, we love that. No, Jesus is giving them the chance to be somebody. A chance to go someplace and do something of value. I hope you catch a little bit of this for yourself and know that you're built for the journey. 
you're not built just to mess with them boats and that stinky fishing business. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, there may be okay, but I don't know. All right. What, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about the fourth hour in the afternoon. I bet John could probably tell you what stone he was standing on when he met Jesus, and that was said. Where in the road he was standing or where he was at. He'll remember that moment from here on through eternity, the moment he met Jesus and decided to follow him. Best decision you'll ever make in your life is to follow Jesus Christ. I tell you that with a great deal of confidence because I know my own life. As messed up as things were, they'd have been a lot worse without him. Amen. And I'd still, never mind, I'd still be someplace else. Yes. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. What a great saying. Andrew is starting to follow Jesus, and John's right there with him. Okay, let's go to our next uh, slide. Mm-hmm. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother. Boy, if you don't like Andrew now, you'll like him the more you know about him. He's always bringing somebody to Jesus Christ. He doesn't show up a lot other than here, okay? But every time you see him, he's bringing somebody to Jesus. Who's he bringing here? Simon Peter. I mean, what a privilege to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, that is just fabulous. Later, while John's writing this, he'll say, this is the one that found the little boy with lunch and brought it to Jesus that he fed 5,000 with. Wow, what a great guy. And then toward the end, Andrew is bringing Greeks to Jesus. Wow. I'm liking Andrew. This this is a guy who has the missionary spirit from the very beginning. See? Amen. I'm telling you. He's got it. He's got Next day, uh, let me see. What? Oh. Uh, Yeah, we got to do this. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which was translated as Peter. Okay. Don't you love people that can do that like Jesus? They can look at and they see things that you don't see. And they know things that you don't know. You, don't you love that? I learned this uh, going horse trading with my dad. He, 
we went, it was Harding Ditch, Tom. Do you know where Harding Ditch uh, run through East St. Louis or on the edge of East St. Louis? Harding Ditch. And this is uh, toward the September, um, and people are getting rid of horses because winter's on the way, and they just wanted the horses to ride and uh, for the summer, and now winter's coming, and you've got to find somebody to feed them, so they sell them. And, and so my dad's down there trying to buy, I think it was like four head of horses uh, there, and they're staked out on, on Harding Ditch, uh, uh, and uh, they had been staked out too long, and there, there was not enough grass and not enough water, and my dad's trying to buy them horses. And I'm thinking, and I've already learned to keep my mouth shut. Okay. Now, you're talking about the early 50s. This had to be like 1952, somewhere around there uh, that time. I'm just a young, you know, about nine, 10 years old. And I'm with my dad, and, we're, and he's buying horses. And I'm, I'm looking at my dad trying to buy that horse. I'm, and they, what in the world do you want with them nags? I mean, these nags. I, boy, they, yeah, again, you know, they've been staked out there, no grass, uh, not enough grass, not enough water, and been ridden hard all summer long. And so there wasn't much horse left in there. And uh, I learned a lesson right there. My dad didn't see them horses like they are. He saw them horses next spring after they had ate real good, and the boys had already worked on them and got them where you could actually handle them again. And then they would make some money next year, okay? Because he saw what I couldn't see at that time. Jesus looks at you. He sees things other people don't see. He sees things in you you don't even know about. These are good things now. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. Get comfortable with his love. Your, your father's love, and you'll be fine. But he sees things in you that are not. He sees what is, but he sees what is not yet. And he knows that you've been ridden too long and put up wet. And maybe life hadn't been treating you very good. He knows that. And he knows that that is not doesn't need to define who you are and what you're about and your future. Amen. He gets this guy, this rough fisherman, and puts him as a rock the church will be built on. Wow. There you go. He sees things. When he took one look, he said, oh, no, we got to rename you. <laughs> you can't go with that handle. We got to call you. You're the rock, and we got to go with that. That's what Jesus said, and guess what? That's what he became. Oh, it's a long path. It's a difficult path, but it's well worth it. It's a journey you can take. All right. I get, here's not another day. There's another day. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. There's that invitation, that invitation. Fo let's follow Jesus. And uh, so uh, 
Now he's got Philip. And by the way, Philip is not mentioned much. You know, he, uh, uh, and especially in the other, the other gospel. Okay, let's go to the next, next slide. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Do, do, you, do you see right away? He, he's not trying to prove the virgin birth of Jesus. It, it isn't any concern of his. He just doesn't care. He said, there's Jesus. And he was always. That's what he went. All right. And uh, Nathaniel, oh, um, Nazareth. Uh, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? <laughs> and, of course, a lot of people say, yeah, that's, no, nothing good can come from there. Uh, I'm from East St. Louis. <laughs> and somebody should ask, <laughs> can anything good come from East St. Louis? Oh, 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 that's such a mess, you know. <laughs> I didn't confess any other people born in East St. Louis here, okay? Um, but, that, but that's probably, the, you know, the town was a mess. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about East St. Louis now, Tom. <laughs> I'm talking about Bethesda. <laughs> it, was, it was probably, and, and so, you know, And, and and what what did he say? Come and see. If you take a look at Jesus, you will not be the same. All you have to do is come, come and see, come see. And I can't tell you this. I can't tell you. I, I, I'm trying to. How many of you know I'm tempting you to try to get started on a journey? If you're not doing it now, I'm tempt. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. But that's about all you can do because everybody's so unique and their destiny is so unique uh, you can only, and you can only find that in following Jesus Christ. And so, so he said, can, can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, we're not sure. And he probably, you know, in the back of his mind, he's saying, well, the, the Savior has come from Bethlehem anyway. You know, well, you know, well who's this guy? You know, yeah, uh, come see. Uh, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. I know. I, I, was, I really stepped back when, when, when that weight uh, comes on you. If, if you've got some translation that says guile, yeah, I think that's a good word. I think that's a good word. Um, I, I did uh, quite a bit of work on, on that word on, on account of that. And uh, uh, the, the best thing I can uh, come up with is, is, is like putting bait on a hook to catch fish. That's, uh, that's the word used here. It's like a bait and switch. 
idea. You know, you, you, you think you're going to get a piece of food for nothing if you're a fish, and what do you get? You get the hook instead. And, and so what he's saying about this guy is there's, there, there's not a hidden agenda with this guy. He's, he's a good man when you look at him, and he's a, he'll, he'll be a good man. Uh, you're not going to get any surprises if you see him as a good man. Okay. And matter of fact, he epitomizes what Israel should be about. He epitomizes uh, what people should be following God. We'll just put God now. Now he's going to follow Jesus, which, which is a, a really new thing. But he epitomizes uh, 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 following. Uh, Nathaniel Post, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Okay. Uh, he, what you see is what you get. There's not going to be a bait and switch here. All right, go to the next one. <clears throat> How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. <laughs> yeah. And um, the, the fig tree is a, a place, by the way, I got two fig trees. I love them both. Okay. But a fig tree is a place where you sit under it and meditate. And that is kind of the mindset I think is behind this, okay? Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, you, you have to fight the squirrels and get there before they do because they're checking to see what, yeah, yeah. And, but but it's, it, is just, it is just so wonderful to... Get, get a piece of fruit off the tree and eat it out there in the yard, okay? I don't know why I enjoy that. Um, but, okay, uh, Jesus uh, saw, he, and he was probably maybe meditating on the text, or that, uh, but, but Jesus saw him under the fig tree. And also, uh, again, this is the kind of thing that you, that you might say uh, just a, a generally understood picture would be under the fig tree. That, yeah, that would be, it would be understood. Uh, and uh, probably uh, reading the text, uh, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Uh-oh. Now, here's a man. I'm sorry? Yeah, but, but, but here's a man now. Uh, oh, oh, I should say there's no secret about Jesus being the Son of God uh, in John, okay? This, this, some of the other have a kind of a secret, uh, uh, trying to keep that a secret that he's the Son of God, right? But not, not in John. They, we don't see that. Uh, still, under Nathaniel's care, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And... To me, you, you get this, that he is not cluttered with falsehoods so he can see purely who Jesus is and he identifies him. Only a few people are really able to do that, 
okay? Uh, Thomas will do it later. Uh, he'll identify who Jesus is. But not a lot of people can, uh, can point out who Jesus is as the Son of God. Uh, uh, Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. You will see greater things than, than that, he said. Verily, verily, I tell you, you will see heaven open and angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. How many of you know what picture that, what picture does that conjure up in your mind? Oh, yeah, good job. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, this is, this is uh, and it's, it is so fitting, it is so fitting that that would be said uh, around this guy, okay? Uh, because Jacob is who? The ultimate trickster. He's the scoundrel until he, he meets God and wrestles with God. And he, I, I love, he might be a lot of things, but he's got courage to take God on. He's got courage. And, uh, and, he, and he gets the blessing and also the idea of, of uh, what, we, what has been come to be known as Jacob's Ladder. Uh, here and notice to go ahead, Daryl. Well, that's good. That's good. I didn't quite get that far, but yeah, I, and I know you're right. I know, I know you're absolutely right by that. And uh, because there's a connection to heaven, a thoroughfare to heaven, and it goes both directions, going up and coming down. Yes. Good point. I know, I know, amen, amen. And our step in, in this lesson will be toward, first of all, to know that that's a possibility. And then secondly, realizing that possibility in our own lives, okay? That's where, that's where we wanna go with, uh, thanks, Daryl. Uh, thanks for bringing it out. I didn't quite make that connection, but, I, but as you were talking, I could see that thoroughfare to heaven now is open. That thoroughfare to heaven is open, and, and it works both ways. Uh, is that all of it? Now, I, I, I want to bait you for next 
next week, we will do a sign next week, okay? We, find, we will be able to do one. We're going to turn water into wine. <laughs> what did they say? Baptists have been trying to turn wine into water forever. <laughs> Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. But we're going to do a sign, and uh, and 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 we should really, we really, we should uh, in a, in a class like this, we got time to dissect it and, and make sure we don't just uh, walk off over anything. Okay, um, even if we don't like it, we should at least look at it and say squiggly things under there and put the rock back and go on. Okay, um, but but you should do that as you go through here. Okay. We want, to, we want to learn it. Now, the, the, getting it into our heads now is not the end of it. That's just the start of it. But that's what we do here. It has its place. And this is the place. We get it into our heads, okay? Then we start to believe it. And then we step toward realization of having that become real in our lives. Okay? All right. Uh, let's close in prayer. Lord, we are so thankful for this gospel of John and, and for his dedication to get it to us in ways that we can understand it. We thank you so much, but we thank you most of all for Jesus who is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Yes.